Whenever we think of the season of Advent, there's often a number of themes that come to mind, that we see all of the different candles, all of the different weeks, and how it encourages us to the love, joy, faith, peace, and all of the different themes that we're encouraged to think about. And it also encourages us to think about the different figures, how we've got John the Baptist, we've got Isaiah, and so many others that really lead us into considering the coming of the Christ child. And yet, we often overlook Joseph. Because if you notice today in the gospel, we have this indication, this character Joseph, that he's in the midst of everything that really causes us to wonder that as those months and as those weeks came up to that point where the Christ child was to be born, what was on his mind? What was on his heart? And oftentimes, as we're thinking of that, we may not necessarily come to that theme of faith, and yet it seems so evident here that he's really encouraging us that even as we go through this fourth week of Advent, though Christmas isn't quite here yet, that we're encouraged to that theme of faith. But how does, it, how does it change our heart? How does it change the incarnation for us? In what way is faith preparing us for that moment? We start off with the book of Isaiah, and we've been on this book for the last few weeks. We've been on this t continuing theme of preparation, and we know that he's that prophet that typifies what it is to continue to point the way and to prepare the way for the Christ child. And yet here we're at the very beginning of the book, and it's this sort of confrontation between him and Ahaz that he's going and he's preparing the way, but he's also confronting Ahaz on this particular point, that he goes before Ahaz and he says, ask a sign from the Lord your God, be it big, be it small, be it somewhere in between. Ask something so that he can prove himself to you. And Ahaz answers, I will not ask, I will not tempt the Lord. Off on the surface or right off the bat, it seems like that's a pious answer, that it seems like he's on the right track, or at least whenever we hear that, it would seem like, well, if he's not tempting the Lord, that's surely a good thing, but not so in Ahaz's case. Because the reality of where Ahaz is, that he's one that struggled with his relationship with God for a time and time again. That for months and months and years and years, that he's found himself continually succumbing to idolatry. That he's often putting his faith in idols and different things that lead him away from the Lord his God. And so the reality is, whenever Ahaz is answering, I will not ask, I will not tempt the Lord, it's sort of him scoffing and saying, the Lord doesn't matter. The Lord really isn't here. He doesn't care about my life. And so be it, I'm just going to put him to the side. And you notice Isaiah's pain whenever he answers Ahaz in his plight. He says, O house of David, is it not enough that you weary people? Should you also weary my God? That whenever he sees what Ahaz is doing, he's simply refusing to live in that faith or even try to live in that faith. And so he's simply just laying back where he is. He's simply not going to move. And so Isaiah is grieved because of this, that he sees where Ahaz is stuck and he really wants to help him out. And yet there's no way to do that without that gift of faith. And yet there's still something else that comes, because Isaiah still is aware that the Lord is going to work a sign whether Ahaz asks for it or not, that the virgin is going to conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. To Ahaz, this probably seemed rather odd, because it wasn't something that was going to happen during his lifetime, and yet nonetheless, there's still that prophecy out there that the Lord is indeed going to come, and he shall be named Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So Ahaz struggles with faith. But then we move on to St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, and we see someone who's greeting the Romans, and he's really trying to lay out exactly what he's greeting them in, or what name he's greeting them in. 
explicitly the name of the Lord. But he's trying to go through and really lay out exactly who Jesus is in relation to them. He starts to lay out all of salvation history, how the prophets have told of him from all of old, how he's come, how he's suffered, how he's died, and how he's done all of these different things. That is really a complex greeting, and yet nonetheless, it's a very beautiful one because it shows how much work the Lord has done already at this point, and how much St. Paul is really celebrating and rejoicing in that fact. But nonetheless, whenever he does this greeting, he points out exactly who he is addressing the greeting to, that it's not just particularly to a group of people, but rather it's to everyone, that it's to everyone, including the Jews, the Gentiles, all of those that might feel that they're outside of the reach of faith, that all have become called to be apostles and that all have become called to live a life of faith. And so at the very end, he's giving them this wish of peace, this desire that that gift of faith, that that gift and that greeting are really going to enter and resonate in their hearts and souls. And so he's really trying to get them to see this greeting isn't just for one group of people, but it in fact is for every land, every nation, and every place, even for the Gentiles. And then finally, we move on to the Gospel of Matthew, and this is at the very beginning of the infancy narrative, that it's really preparing the way for us to get ready for the coming of the Christ child, and yet it's telling us a few details that happened before that point. That we know that that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and yet Joseph at that point in time wouldn't have known that. And so he's struggling to come to grips with this news that he's not quite sure what to make of it, and he decides in his heart of hearts that he's just simply going to walk away that he sees what's happening. He's not quite sure, but he just simply wants to remove himself because he can't quite comprehend what's going on. And yet we hear that an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream at night. And he tells him not to be afraid, not to be at fear or at odds with this situation, but to rather see that this child has been conceived by the Holy Spirit and he will be named Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That he's really showing Joseph his place in the midst of all of this, that even as Joseph might have had a bunch of confusion and chaos in the midst of all of it, that he's still trying to show him that he needs to be secure, that he should really see the ways that the Lord is interacting in his heart and his soul, how he is being invited into that gift of faith. And at the very end, whenever Joseph awakes from that sleep, what does he do? Well, he has a fundamental choice right then and there, that he could have lived in doubt or he could have lived in faith. And we see the end result, that he chooses to live in faith, because he sees how the Lord is interacting with his life, how he's interacting with Mary, and how he's sending his son Jesus into the world through Mary, and he decides to live in the faith of that moment. But then, as we consider all of these things, we should be considering ourselves. We're going through this fourth week of Advent, that we're nearing the season of Christmas, and yet in our hearts and our souls, do we have that gift of faith? Now, in a certain sense, Ahaz, whenever we see him in the first reading, he was invited to consider that gift of faith, that he was being invited into that deeper belief in God and what he was doing in his life, even in that prophecy that was delivered. And yet Ahaz said no. And there's probably a variety of reasons that Ahaz could have said no. Perhaps he felt like he had it all together. Perhaps he felt like he had his life well in hand, and therefore he didn't have to worry about what the Lord wanted to do or getting some sort of sign. That he felt he was doing well enough right here, right now, and that he felt because of that he just wanted to be left alone. 
Or perhaps in his life he's encountered a lot of disappointments. Perhaps Ahaz has encountered those different situations where he's wanted the Lord's help, but he felt like the Lord didn't respond or didn't respond in the way that he expected. And so Ahaz is simply just living in doubt because he can't remove himself from that. That He can't see the way the Lord is inviting him to that deeper gift of faith, and therefore he just simply wants to live on his own terms. He's living in ignorance of the way that God is trying to work even in the midst of his plight. So Ahaz says no, that he wants to live in that doubt. And oftentimes we might struggle with that ourselves. That in the different situations that arise in life or the disappointments or those failures that happen, perhaps at times it can be difficult to live in that gift of faith. And so we simply live as if the Lord isn't there. We simply live as if we have to rely on only ourselves. But what happens when we look at Joseph? Because when we look at Joseph, we see someone who's altogether different. Because Joseph is in the midst of a confusing situation that he had much more reason to doubt than Ahaz ever did. And yet in the middle of all of that, he sees this angel that he encounters what the angel is saying. And because of what the angel says and because of his already there gift of faith, he decides to believe even more that he wants to enter into that reality and really see where the Lord is wanting to lead him and where the Lord is really wanting to change his life. That Joseph gives us an example of what it's like to live in faith, not just because the Christ child has come, but because the Christ child is coming, because the incarnation is still happening, and because our Lord is still trying to come to us in specific and very real ways. And so Joseph tells us and he shows us those ways to continue to have faith in the Lord, even when it seems like he's silent, or even in the ways when it seems like he's not there, or when it seems like it's all too much. Because Joseph is really trying to show us that the Lord is indeed there, that he's caring for us out of his deep and abiding love for us, and he's caring for us out of the store of his providence. So Joseph's trying to show us in a very real and tangible way just what it is to believe in the Lord and his incarnation and what it is to continue to assent to that and to believe in it ourselves. And as we consider that, we can consider the ways that it continues to renew our hearts and our souls. But even then in this moment right here and right now, where we might particularly need the gift of faith, where we ourselves are struggling in our own individual way, where the Lord is inviting himself into our hearts and our souls, where he wants to give us the further gift of his grace, and yet we're not quite sure if we can receive it yet, or maybe we don't think we're worthy at all. Yet, nonetheless, the Lord still comes to us that he offers us that chance and that opportunity to a greater gift of faith. But in those moments, in your particular circumstances, in those moments where you're tempted to doubt, are you willing to assent to the Lord? Are you willing to give that deeper gift of belief and that deeper gift of faith? Because that's really what the difference between Ahaz and Joseph is this morning. That one chose not to believe, one chose to live on his own terms and live in his own way. But then we've got Joseph who's living because of the Lord and is living in the light of faith. And indeed, there's something else that this produces. And this is where St. Paul really comes in, because he shows us that in that greeting, whenever he knows all, notices all of the different things that Jesus has done, that he extends this first greeting, peace, that he's telling them that all of this, these things that have, done, that have been done, that have happened, that have occurred, he's telling them that all of these things should give them that gift of deep and abiding peace. And doesn't that sound marvelous? Isn't that something that this world cannot provide? Isn't that something that each of our hearts are longing and desiring for? Because that peace doesn't come from this world. That peace doesn't come from anything temporal or this side of heaven. But in fact, it comes from the Lord. It comes from the, pack, the, from the fact that heaven meets earth, that the Lord comes to us in the incarnation 
But even in anticipation of that moment, it should give us that deep and abiding peace if we choose to live in faith. Because we know that we're not bound by the things of this earth, that we're not bound by all of the things that cause us tear, that cause us sorrows, that cause us distress. But in fact, we look towards the heavens and we see that the Lord is liberating us from all of those things that can hold us back in our life of faith. And that should truly give us deep and abiding peace and that security of knowing that God is always here with us and he's continuing to do his work in our midst. Because we hear that name Emmanuel and it's not just something disposable, but in fact it's something that's very real and very tangible. That God truly is with us, that he's truly in our midst, that he's truly seeking the ways to renew our hearts and our souls and truly give us that grace and that divine aid that we each require and continue to give us that gift of renewed faith. And then St. Paul gives us one more reminder that he tells us that it is not just for the Jews or it's not just for one group of people to have this gift of faith, but it in fact is for every group of people in every faith because it's that gift of faith that wants to be extended to all peoples. That it's not just those that we think are saved or are on the right track, but it's especially for those that we might be tempted to discount or to write off because the Lord wants to save even them that he wants to give them that gift of faith in his son as well. The St. Paul reminds us not to simply give up on anyone or to write them off or to simply say that they're left to their own devices, but he's truly telling us that if we are captivated and if we're captured by that gift and that spirit of faith, then we're really going to go forward and we're going to tell every land and every nation about this gift of faith because we're so deeply involved in it ourselves that we believe so truly that we're going to want everyone else to believe as well. So St. Paul's reminding us, too, that if we have that gift of faith, if we choose to live as Joseph did, then that should change our entire heart and our soul, but it should send us out to the streets, and it should send us out to every land and every place, telling the good news that Jesus Christ is indeed in our midst, and he's doing something profound, and he's doing something fantastic. And so that's the challenge, my brothers and sisters. Whenever we see these two different conflicting characters between Ahaz and between Joseph, do we want to live in that gift of faith, or do we simply live in doubt, relying on ourselves? Because Joseph tells us, and he shows us, that during this last week of Advent, how important it is to live in that gift of faith and to live in expectation and the hope of the Incarnation. But it's up to us to continue to renew our hearts and our souls and to continue to assent and to see the ways that God is calling us into that deeper faith and that deeper relationship with him. We know the Lord is coming. We know that we've been told that he is coming and will not delay. That we've been told that this far. But it's up to us to live in that light of faith and to live much in the same way that Joseph did. Continuing to see that even in the moments when life may not make much sense, or when we can't quite see Christ very clearly, that we know that Emmanuel is coming, that God is truly with us. So my brothers and sisters, this last week of Advent, let's continue to celebrate not only that gift of faith, but the ways that Joseph shows us how to live out that faith and that expectation that Emmanuel is indeed coming and is already in our midst as well.